Welcome back to Pocket Money, Finder's podcast about our money and our lives. Today we have another mini episode, this time with Ted Richards from Six Park. We're going to be talking all about emotions and investing. So whether you're a beginner or a pro, it's important to know how being human impacts your investments. So welcome to the show, Ted. Thanks very much for having me. It's probably a good idea to introduce yourself to the listeners and um, let us know yeah, where you're from. Okay. My background's actually in professional football. I um, played football um, for 16 years. I had five years at the Essendon Bombers and 11 years with the Sydney Swans. Um, for 15 of those years, I studied. I, I did a Bachelor of Commerce and a Master's of Applied Finance and, and worked for a stockbroker for two years, Citigroup, and uh, for, under a fund manager for four years. So I've always had this passion for investing, and now I'm involved with Six Park, which is a, a fantastic business providing professional investment management to people that previously couldn't afford it. The word robo-advisor obviously yeah. crops up when you talk about companies like Six Park. Could you give us like a, in a nutshell, what that yeah. means? The name's a bit of a misnomer in that there's no robots. So uh, sorry if, if people are expecting there to be some fancy sci-fi kind of cyborgs going on in the office. <laughs> All it means is it's digital advice. So instead of advice, it's normally typically provided face-to-face. We provide it online. So that's really the only difference. Before we get into the specific emotions and how they impact investment. Why is it so important to talk about emotions in the first place? The study of economics, it assumes that we're all rational and we always make these fantastic decisions that are always in our best interests. But the reality is that there are these biases, these influences that can impact how we make decisions, especially when we think we're making fantastic logical decisions. That study is called behavioural economics. So it's, it's, it's the combination of psychology and economics. And we might go through some of them shortly about how your decision making can be impacted by this outside noise. And noise is always prevalent when it comes to investing. You need to um, improve your decision making and uh, be aware of these biases that may be impacting the conclusion that you're coming to. I want to know more. So let's delve into it. Uh, why don't you talk us through the different emotions that you'll feel when you're investing and, you know, I suppose how, how you can deal with those? Okay. The, the first one to be aware of is uh, that loss aversion, that aversion to losses. If the feelings that we have when we lose something is twice as powerful as the feelings we experience when we gain something. I could speak about how this impacts people in so many different ways. And I, for example, I, I've come from my football and sporting background where the feelings I had when I lost grand finals hurt so much more than the exhilaration that I experienced when I won grand finals. So taking it back to investing, the reality is on a day-by-day scenario, markets go up, markets go down. The down days are far more powerful than the up days. Investors need to be aware that you know, when the market's ticking along, you might be able to mitigate and manage your, your, your emotions quite well. But history says most years there will be a correction every now and then, there will be a crash. If you're investing for the long term, you need to be able to manage your emotions at these times because the worst thing that you can do is sell your investments when they're cheap. The best thing you can do is actually buy more when they're cheap. But the emotions that you'll be experiencing at the time is that you've lost something. It'll be powerful. And your first, your response will be to fear it and to get away from that situation. So I'm not saying that just being aware of this is enough because, you know, the, the, the reality is we all experience this, even the professionals. But having an awareness of that loss aversion when it comes to investing is incredibly important. 
that sort of as a quick side note brings me back to my first experience, I think pretty much back in high school doing like the share trading game. You buy all these shares, you're so excited. You know, you get a little bit of a win and then, you know, you lose and you just beat yourself up over like, I shouldn't have chosen Amazon or whatever. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It's a solid company, you know, it's and, not your fault. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the example there of Amazon and everyone knows about this fantastic business that it, that it is and what it could potentially be for the future. Even if you look at Amazon's stock price over the last, you know, five or 10 years, even Amazon's had like a 30% drawdown at, at some stages over the career. And people that sold down at that worst possible time, no doubt were inf- influenced by that loss aversion. And that narrative, that story of Amazon and the benefits of having an awareness for it, no, 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 this is, this is just parts of the ups and downs of the market is uh, something we need to be aware of. Yeah, that's great. So loss aversion. Okay, so um, moving on, what other emotions impact you when you're investing? Yeah, uh, another one, and, and there, there are many, uh, is confirmation bias. When it comes to investing, I'll use an example here. People might be of the belief that they're a very good investor. And what they'll do is they'll search for all the examples of why they're a good investor and anything that suggests that they're not a good investor, they may discount and say, oh, I was unlucky there or, you know, or, or something else happened there. To mitigate confirmation bias, and it is very hard to sidestep. We all have this bias in how we view things. But to mitigate this, when it comes to investing, you really need to search out for evidence that I guess goes against what you're thinking and really take that onto, into account. And that's what a good fund manager will do. They'll actually search out for the evidence that, um, I guess, disagrees with their hypothesis. Yeah, that sounds like half of my mates. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and present bias, what, what is that? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so present bias is this bias that we have where, I guess, we put a higher importance on more immediate benefits as opposed to benefits that will come in the future. I'll give you the example. I can give you $20 today or $25 tomorrow. And you might look at that and go, well, I'm happy to wait there. Or, you know, I'll take the $25 tomorrow. So over a 24-hour period, present bias probably isn't as powerful. But let's put it out over a few years and maybe put a bit more money there on the table. So let's say I can give you $1,000 today or say $1,200 in three years' time. Mm. That's where you can start to feel this bias that starts to come into our decision-making where you might go, yeah, you know what, I, I, I might just take that $1,000 today. And I've chosen those numbers because all it is is a 20% increase. And you were happy to wait 24 hours. But once I, I kind of zoomed it out and said, well, let's, let's, let's put this out over three years, a 20% increase over three years, you know, it's approximately 7% annual return. You know, in this market, that's not too bad, especially when you're looking at online savings accounts, one and a half, two 2%. So I guess that's a, it's a very specific example here of how you might perceive $1,000 as opposed to what that $1,000 or, or more may grow to one day for your retirement or for a nest egg for your home deposit. Some of these buy now, pay later or credit cards and all these schemes we are influenced by present bias because we get this great ability to get this benefit right now, put aside all of the costs that come with acquiring that. So um, that is another example of how it can affect your decision-making when it comes to investing. That's really hitting home because I, so far, I think I experienced all three of those. Oh, you know what? So do I. This is how we've evolved. Okay. Uh, what's next? 
The next one's called recency bias, and it sounds very similar to present bias, but it's, it's actually quite different. And recency bias is where we put more importance and more weighting on the influences that are happening right now are more recent than compared to things that may have happened in the past. And once again, this makes sense. You know, there's a flip side to that coin where it's not just about things that are front of mind that we're seeing or right now, but we can also forget about things that haven't happened recently too. So for example, in Australia, it's close to 28 years without a recession. And touch wood, you know, we, we continue, but so many people when it comes to investing will have this huge home country bias this, where they just will only look at Australian blue chip shares or you know Australian property and really put all their eggs in one basket. But if and when Australia does have their time where we in a, in a recession or... So that's one example of recency bias where people are probably forgetting that this happens from time to time and the benefits of diversifying. The story that we've probably seen over the last year or two is with Bitcoin. You saw this huge, irrational, emotive response where it was a bit of FOMO, right. but all these people f so focused in something that had performed so well in, for many, it was the last few days or the last few weeks, and just assuming that that would forecast out into the future. Whereas what, to mitigate recency bias, you just kind of need to zoom out and go, listen, I, I'm aware I've seen this story play out here over the last few weeks, but let's actually compare this to what, what's been happening over the last few years, maybe even the last few decades with similar things like this. And we can start to see that we will be influenced by things that are happening um, right now in the market. That's recency bias and how it affects our decision-making when it comes to investing. Definitely something that rings true for um, a lot of people and even myself. Okay, so uh, we're on to our last now, hindsight bias. All right, hindsight bias, it's a bit of a different one where we really overestimate our ability to predict an outcome. The analogy that I've heard from time to time that I really like is that our, our memory is a bit, bit like an Etch-a-Sketch. So with hindsight bias, we might look back to the financial crisis of 2007 and 8 and see the buying opportunity that it was back then and go, oh, the next crash, I'm just going to get all the money I can and invest in the market. So this hindsight bias one, it is impossible to um, predict future outcomes. And we also kind of have this false memory effect where we think we knew what happened. We think we will know how we'll behave in the next crash. But the reality is we don't. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. So thank you so much for those five emotions. They do really play a role, even if you don't think so, going into it. So overall, Ted, what is the key message and takeaway uh, when it comes to your emotions and investing? I guess the takeaway is, what does the evidence say when it comes to investing and how can you improve your decision-making? Because as we've touched on, there are a lot of noises and biases that will infect your decision-making. So when it comes to the evidence, the evidence suggests that most professionals, when it comes to picking stocks, actually underperform the market. That is one. One of the few things you can control is the fees you pay. That's another thing to, to look in. And instead of trying to work out the next basket to put all your eggs in no one knows with any certainty as to what's going to happen with property shares infrastructure and the benef benefits of diversifying so it's not an exciting answer people aren't going to triple their money in a in a month like they might with bitcoin but 
I think is a conclusion is to kind of really look at the evidence and form your investment philosophy around that. So as, as you know, I'm, I'm involved with Six Park. Our investment philosophy, diversify clients, try and keep fees as low as we can. And instead of rather than trying to pick this stock over this stock and you know that bank over that bank, invest in index funds, keep your fees low, get invested in index funds because as Warren Buffett and many other professionals have said, they, they're actually a fantastic investment strategy and they outperform many uh, professionals. So the other um, thing that I'd like to say is congratulate listeners because so many Australians really disengage when it comes to investing. I'm not sure how old the listeners are here, but the earlier you can start, the better. And there'll be ups and downs along the journey, especially if you're investing over decades but if you can ride those out, what you might be able to invest in your 20s, 30s or 40s when it comes to retiring in your 60s can multiply many times. So um, just having that engagement, and whether it's podcasts or videos, I think it's a, it's a fantastic place to keep educating yourself. That's awesome. So Teddy's saying for those listening, uh, subscribe uh, to, yeah, <laughs> to the, the yeah. Pocket Money podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ted. Uh, where can people find out more about you and Six Park? Yeah, so uh, I've got my own podcast too, which is called The Richards Report, where I speak with um, investment professionals from around the world and really draw upon what they've learned over the course of their career. But also, if you're thinking about investing and you and you need some help, I encourage listeners to go to Six Park, the Six Park website, where you can take the risk assessment for free. It only takes a couple of minutes, roughly a dozen questions uh, need to be answered about your investment horizon, your investment experience, your appetite for risk, and we'll put a portfolio together. And this is completely free, by the way. And you can actually see how we'd invest for you and as opposed to many other people in the industry that have kind of come out with these sad stories of conflicts and all these things that have come out through the Royal Commission. We've got no conflicts, not owned by a bank or anything like that. It's purely independent advice. You can walk away if you, um, but if if you'd like to proceed, it, it's fairly straightforward from there. But that's available on the Six Park website. That sounds great. We'll put some more educational resources in the show notes, uh, and we'll link to that as well in case you're interested in that. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this chat, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. The Finder Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.